the internet went down. That's why we don't have faith in the internet. We have faith in God's word. You guys missed half my message while you were away. And uh, I was watching some reruns of the videos or the messages before, and I noticed that camera makes me look really fat. I'm not like that in real life. I, I, in real life, I really have abs and muscles, amen, everywhere. My wife didn't know that, but uh, it's the truth. And, uh, but Isaiah 53, let's read. Praise the Lord, amen. Isaiah chapter 53. The Bible says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It's all about belief. It starts, this is about Christ, this chapter here. And it's all about belief. It's not by works of righteousness which we're saved. Christ doesn't care about your works. He does as far as helping you. But between you and him, it's not about your works. It's about his love and his grace, his mercy and his blood that he shed for you. Who hath believed it? Who hath be- And everyone that believes shall be saved, the Bible says. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He carried our sorrows and our griefs. And yet we still blame God for the problems we go through. For the hard times of life, we blame God when he's carried our sorrows. And when he was on this earth, he went through those years for us. The Bible says to better understand. That way when you go through a problem, he can say, I know your pain. I know what you're going through when you go to him in prayer. He says, I know what you're going through. Let me help you. But when he, uh, the Bible says in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's when he was whipped, the Bible says. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to, to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. That's when uh, Pilate took, they took him to Pilate and to Herod and then back to Pilate again. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. On both sides, the Bible says, he was hung between two thieves. And with the rich in his death, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Joseph's tomb, rich man. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. They couldn't find anything in him. Knowing that he was innocent, tried, but still found innocent. He was still crucified. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The Bible says he laid down his own life. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed 
He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. We're his seed. Those that put his trust in him. The Bible says, and as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Justified means just as if you've never sinned before. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's open a prayer. Father, thank you for this beautiful, beautiful passage in Isaiah. Father, there's more of Christ in the Old Testament than in the New. Lord, the whole book, the whole beautiful Bible, Lord, is about Christ from beginning to end, O God. Your word is forever settled in heaven. You are the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Your plan from the beginning was to redeem mankind. And forever, O Lord, we will be with you. Help us to acknowledge that, especially this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. What a beautiful passage in Isaiah here, Isaiah 53. It's all about Christ and his death. Let's read in uh, Psalms chapter 16. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 16, verse 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. The Lord was in the grave for three days and three nights. Amen. Which would uh, mean that he was buried. He didn't die on, on the Friday, as, as the world says. But he would be uh, three days and three nights, which would land us back on Wednesday. But he spent three 24-hour days as Jonah was uh, spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. And the Bible says, But that will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And we will see corruption. Uh, if the Lord tarries, we will see corruption. And we all fear death, especially physical death. A physical death is part of life. We were born... The Bible says, but we're born to die. There's no recipe uh, uh, to escape death outside of our life. There's nothing we can do. It's inevitable. We all fear death. We fear cancer. We fear disease. We fear uh, loved ones even dying. And what can you do to escape death? There is a fear of death. It's unavoidable. It's unavoidable for all of us. What can we do with physical death? Every day we're dying, our cells are dying and, and bringing back new to, to stay alive. And, and we see our loved ones growing up and knowing that we're going to die. Death is inevitable. The Bible says, death came by sin. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. The reason we die is because of sin. You know, God didn't do that. God didn't do that. God didn't bring sin into the world. We did. God didn't uh, create uh, the bad things in this world. Mankind did. When God created this world, he said, it's good. It's good. And God created it, and it was good. And why do bad things happen in this world? Because of mankind and because of our sin. And God had no part in that. 
God didn't do uh, the bad in this world. Mankind did. Death came by sin. It's not God's fault that bad things happen. It's not God's fault that our sin has happened. It's not God's fault that we fall into sin. It's not God's fault when you see the broken marriages and broken homes. It's not God's fault that uh, we see the bad things happening around us. It's not God's fault that we see death around us. No, it's not God's fault at all. God created what was good. And the Bible says that God breathed in Adam's nostrils and man became uh, a living soul. God created life, not death. Death came into this world because of our sin. Just as death is unavoidable, our sin is unavoidable. We're sinners. There's nothing we can do about that. There's nothing uh, we, we, can, uh, we can try to hide it. The best of us that hide it become prideful. What can we do? Pride is even worse. The ones that can hide it the most maybe become self-righteous. What can we do after that point? There's nothing we can do. Just as death comes for every man's sin is right there. And we don't need man to judge us. Our own conscience judges us. And it bears witness that we're sinners. From the past mistakes to the past regrets to the years wasted, our conscience reminds us, our spirit reminds us of those times. They weren't good times. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And although you think it's a good time, looking back, you say it's not a good time. It brought me, the effects of the sin brought worse consequences. And I regret it. And what it destroyed, I regret. But you know, that feeling of, of that sin wasn't the feeling of uh, uh, the consequences were not as bad as what sin does spiritually. The Bible says sin separates us between us and God. And that's what true death is. Separation from God. Death is final. There's no escaping death. When a loved one's, I mean dead, dead. When they die, they're dead. There's nothing uh, that can bring them back. There's nothing that can, uh, there's no hope at that point. And sometimes the greatest, uh, uh, or the grave times when people are really sick, the only hope is for them to pass away to alleviate the pain of this life and the consequences of our sin. But I got good news for you today. This is a special day. It's not a day of death. It's not a day of, of woe. No, sir. This is Resurrection Sunday. The Bible says the Lord paid for our sins. Before he resurrected, he paid for our sins. He was there on that cross. You know, they beat him good. They beat him good. They beat our Lord good. They, Jesus, the Bible said, made sure, he made sure he spilt every single Last drop of blood for you and me. You know, one drop of blood is powerful enough. Is powerful enough. Not just to cleanse one sinner of their sin forever, but to one drop of God's blood is powerful enough to cleanse every sinner from the past, present, and future, and forever, completely wash them white as snow. And God knew that. He could have just 
uh, prick this finger and, and put that blood on the altar. No, sir. He wanted to display his love. He wanted to show the world that although your sins are many, yet they shall be white as snow. And those who have sinned the most will be forgiven the most and therefore will love him the most so you can experience the love of God in your life. He made sure he spilled every blood. He was brutally beaten. The Bible says that he, he was unrecognizable. You couldn't recognize who he was. They, they tortured him, beat the Lord Jesus Christ, but he allowed it. The Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called all the angels and, and all creation would bow down to his commands. But he allowed it. He was as a lamb brought before the slaughter and he kept silent. He allowed it. Brutally beaten. He would have died just from his injuries. He would, the Bible says that he was the first to, to die on the cross. He was between the two thieves and the Lord was the first one. And when they came to him, they were surprised. They were about to break his legs, which would make his death go quicker. But the Bible says that not one bone would be broken as a prophecy, but yet every bone was out of joint. But as they were surprised that he passed away so quickly, the Lord didn't, uh, 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 they didn't take the Lord's life. The Bible says he laid it down. He laid it down. He gave his life a ransom for us. The power of the crucifixion. They couldn't kill God. God had to lay it down. But he gave his life. He was led as a lamb. A Passover lamb. The Passover sacrifice. The final sacrifice once and for all. Jews had no more sacrifices after that. That veil of the temple, the Bible says, was rent from top to bottom, abolishing the priesthood forever, opening the door. The moment the Lord Jesus Christ said it is finished, the veil was rent. Man's sins was paid for, not just for a year, but forever. For all eternity, that's the past, the present, the future. And no person in this room and no person watching this right now needs any Man, to stand between you and the Savior. You can go to him right now. He's waiting, and he's knocking, and he's knocking at the door of your heart and saying, come unto me, all ye that are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He's knocking. Open the door, and I will come in, and I'll sup with you, and you with me. You can have sweet fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ today. It was Almighty God on that cross. It was Almighty God on that cross. The everlasting Father hung there between the two thieves. The Bible says he was numbered with the transgressors. He didn't run. He didn't try to prevent it. In the garden, the Bible says he would sweat great sweat drops as if it were great sweat drops of blood. Knowing that the Father would turn his back on the Son because of all the sin of mankind forever. Even the sin of those who would reject Christ. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ paid for the sins of Muhammad. The Lord Jesus Christ paid for the sins of Buddha. The Lord Jesus Christ paid for every person that wouldn't acknowledge Christ. Every person that would reject Christ. Christ, the Lord, God Almighty, still paid for their sins. Just in hope that somehow they would receive him 
and believe so that they wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. The Bible says he tasted death for every man. You couldn't kill God. God had to lay down his life. But he allowed them. He allowed them. As he said, I'm going to put my arm down on this side of the cross. Go ahead. You can nail it. Maybe he, he held the nail. Go ahead. Hammer it in. There was no resistance with the Lord. As the other men were, were struggling, Christ laid it down. One arm, one arm. Go ahead. You can nail this side down. Go ahead. It's okay. Showing him his love toward the Roman soldiers that nailed him to the cross. Showing his love to the Pharisees that mocked. And even before he died, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They're stuck in their sin and they're stuck in their pride. But God still loves them and he still loves you. We see the physical. But there was something greater that the Lord was fighting. It's a spiritual death. The Bible calls it the second death. We know that we're creatures that have a soul. I don't care what hurt you've been through and your past. Let me tell you this. If, If you think you're an atheist or you know somebody who's an atheist, there's no such thing. There is not one person that can deny their creator. Your flesh and blood might have come from your parents because the Bible says the mom and dad become heirs together of the grace of life with God. But God breathed in you the breath of life and you became a living soul. Your body, your flesh is just a hermit shell uh, to a hermit shell from a crab. But inside of you is a soul. And you know that soul is alive. And that soul one day stand before God, the Bible says. It's appointed unto man once to die. And then after that, the judgment. When Christ died, the Bible says he spent three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. He wasn't in that grave. His body was. His body laid wrapped in the, on, on that tomb. But his, uh, who he was was down in the gates of hell, wrestling with death. Wrestling with hell, and as the Bible says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus spent three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, which is hell, fighting death, fighting hell for all of us. He took the keys from the death angel. That, that could come to your life at any time. He took the keys of hell, and, and, and the Bible says that hell and death had no more dominion over us. There was a greater fight that he was fighting. He spilt his blood already. The Bible says they would pierce his side, and out came forth blood and water. Just poured out. All that was left, all the water in his body, every single drop of blood was spilt. He fought that battle. He won that battle. Our sins are paid. But that doesn't secure the fact that we still face death. That doesn't secure the fact that we still face eternal death. 
Christ had a bigger battle. Took him three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, wrestling against the gates of hell. Death is separation from God forever. But let me tell you this. When Christ stepped on the scene, death fleed. When Christ stepped on the scene, the gates of hell were shaken. Because hell has nothing over the one who created it. The Bible says hell has nothing over the one who stepped foot in it. And as the Bible says that Christ is the one who created hell for the devil and his angels. And he did not want us to go there. And the Bible says he secured the permanent uh, road for us to get through the gates of heaven. Spiritual death. He fought the powers of death and he fought the powers of hell. And the Bible says that he led all the captives uh, he let them go free from that were waiting till the, the day he died. And the Bible says the moment Christ resurrected, all the saints around, the Bible says there was a great earthquake, and all the saints came out their graves and were walking around. Anytime Christ steps on the scene, he brings life. We have an enemy. It's called death, but Christ conquered it. We have a spiritual enemy called hell. But Christ conquered it. Whenever Christ comes in, steps on the scene, there's life. God Almighty conquered sin for us. God Almighty conquered death. And God Almighty conquered hell. Christ arose victorious, completing forever. As that veil of the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, we have hope today that we can have fellowship with Christ. The Bible says, in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, that will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are our pleasures forevermore. You don't know life till you met Jesus. A life without fear of death. A life without fear of hell. A life that is freed from sin is the best life and the only life that there is. We serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. And talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how. I know he lives. He lives within my heart. I got good news for you. We don't play religion. I have life today. The moment I received Christ because he resurrected. He gave me life. 
And that life, when I received it, came out of me a well of living water that sprang forth. We don't have to fear death. Death fears Christ. We don't have to struggle with sin. Sin struggles with Christ. We don't have to fear hell. Hell was conquered by the Savior that rose again, proving he's God, proving that he has the keys of life and death. And he gives life to all those who believe. Thank you, Lord, for rising for me. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you bless, oh God. Lord, if there's anybody that's watching, they need the Savior. They need that life. Lord, you said if, if they believe, Lord, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. They just need to believe in Christ. And what he did for them on that cross was enough. Lord, that he died and was buried and that he rose again to give life to all those who believe. If you're watching right now and you haven't received Christ as your Savior, you don't have life within you, you know and you, you feel that you're uncertain where you're going to go when you die. Christ secured it already. He has a place. He has a reservation for you. You just have to call and confirm it. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Would you call on him now? You could pray, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. But I don't want to go to hell. I believe you died on that cross and paid for all my sin. Save me. Take me to heaven when I die. I believe you rose again, proving you are God. And I ask you for life, eternal life. Make me your child and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. On this very special day, Easter Resurrection Sunday, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you are born again. If you meant it from your heart and you talked to the Savior, the Bible says you're saved. For everybody else, we don't need to fear. All that we fear, it fears Christ. And we stand behind Christ. And we have something so much more beautiful because our Savior rose from the dead, conquering our greatest enemy of all, which is death and our spiritual death, which is hell. And we have life, and not only physical life now, but eternal life. God bless you. Have a great Resurrection Sunday.